0: You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. Discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by Projectile Warehouse. Find your perfect projectile.
1: And now, over to your hosts. Welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. This is episode number eight. My name is Rusty and with me here tonight is Greg over there. How are you going? And over here is Andrew. How are you doing, Andrew? Yeah, good, Rusty. Excellent, cool. So, um, we're back from Christmas and New Year's and all that sort
2: of break. How did you guys go? Good time? Yeah, yeah. Well, I had a good time. Um, good family holiday, but shooting-wise, I didn't get a lot done. Unfortunately. Not so much. Yeah, no. I got out once. I shot one round, and I missed a rabbit at a hundred meters. So, I, you know, need need to uh, get a bit more practice. In I'm it. I'm glad you're on the precision shooting podcast then. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Mr Rabbit a hundred. Yeah. Perfect.
0: Nice. Andrew, yourself. Uh only a little bit of shooting. Um shot a few birds with the boys and uh did a little bit of spotlighting just the other night, which was good. So
1: Yeah, that was uh, I was out yeah. with that. That was good fun.
0: Mm, yeah, it was a it was a pretty good night. Good variety of game and good numbers, keep it interesting.
1: Nice. I uh I actually managed to do a little bit of shooting. Uh I was away for a couple of days with um with a training course and um I managed to uh have a bit of a look at a Barrett getting shot. That was good fun. Um, that was in three through eight. And um, been away a couple of times, that spotlighting and a few other sort of courses and times. Went away with Sean, as you guys would know from the lad po- last podcast. Um, and we were down at Kaikai Kai doing some uh, filming, um, which was good, which finally got launched, which is the Southern Shooters uh, Im- Precision rifle Invitational Video that uh, we end up getting up, um, which we'll chuck a link in you guys seen the video yeah.
0: yeah yep yeah it's a really good good um, fun
2: yeah some snappy drills in there yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it might be heavily edited to make it look better okay. but anyway don't give it away
0: <laughs> well it, it was just a bit of a teaser from what i'm gathering that yeah it's it. only yeah. only
1: a minute long there's only about you know 20 seconds of video in there but that's all right we've 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 got more videos on the way and yeah that when that competition actually happens we'll, uh, we'll video the whole lot and put it up it should be good fun yeah, very good um, do you guys see that that uh, the Ruger Precision Rifle has been launched in Australia?
0: Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we we spoke briefly. I think did we or uh, about the changes know. to the customs regulations?
1: I don't know if we did, but yeah, uh,
0: regarding importation of, of folding stocks, mm. um, so which should pave way for the Ruger to come in so yeah which is good yeah. um, that,
1: that doesn't necessarily affect each individual state because I know some states they can't it's explicit they can't uh, have them but here in SA seems to be fine
0: mm. and all, all reports coming out of the state so they're, they're performing well above their price point I guess in um, in these sort of competitions that we're talking about so yeah be interesting to uh, to get one on hand and, and have a look yeah, so for those
1: not aware, it, it came out it's, it's about two thousand um, dollars, which realistically for what it is 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 pretty good. I mean, you know, generally a stock that the, the type of stock that it's in is seen is going to be around the thousand to fifteen hundred dollar mark. So to get the whole thing done for fif- for two grand or thereabouts, I think that's pretty good. It's
0: yeah, and I, it, at the brief look I've had, at sort of on the the online information. It's it's a good system. It's modular. Um, you know the barrel yes. system. It's it's quick change with that with a barrel locking nut. It's it's yeah, um, okay. a really solid system. You know you can put a prefit barrel on there as long as you've got a headspace gauge. You, anyone can fit it. Uh, yeah, it's right. A, it's a really solid system. Well, that's um, really
1: good. Yeah, because I know and all accessories are interchangeable with the um know, yeah, with the AR style, but the the same things that the precision rifle products uh, stocks take and the um, seventy six fifteen, if you use the appropriate sort of adjustments, they take all the same gear. Um, so you have plenty of furniture to
0: decorate out in. Yeah, and I mean the the sort of even with the actual barrels themselves, you know, there's, um, you know, like it's no big deal to to get a, a bartlin or a Krieger or a shillin or yeah, right. any of the, the quality barrels and have them pre-fit chambered and threaded, and you you literally just, uh, mm. you know, with the, with the tool to to lock, tighten lock your lock nut, it. yeah, good to go. Yeah, right. I so easily upgradable, that. Yeah.
1: Mm. So they've come out in um 6.5 creed 308 and 243 what would you guys choose out of those
0: well (laughs) after a bit of the um kind of research and sort of discussions we've done i think you know unless you had a reason to go anything else that probably the the 6.5 creed more or the 243 would be Mm -hmm. probably the options as far as performance goes i mean if you had thousands of rounds of 308, and and that's all we had access to, then that's what you'd go. But otherwise, I'd probably go the 6.5.
2: What
1: about you, Greg? What do you reckon? Yeah,
2: uh, look, I, I agree. You know, um, we've crunched some numbers, and, and you know, basically, at, you know, this, there's some good projectiles in both 6 and 6.5 and mil these days, especially around the burger stuff. So, um, you know, you'd, you'd probably lean towards that if you were going to use it in a tactical... This style shooting rifle. scenario, you know, you might want to opt for something else if you had a different task, I guess. But, yeah, good-looking rifle.
1: Yeah, and, and just to complicate things, so that 243, it mm. has a 7.7-inch um, uh, twist rate.
2: So 7.7, so you're very, yeah, okay. very fast. Okay, so you, fast. Could, you
0: could run the the heaviest of the heavy. Yeah. You
1: could run 105s yeah. yeah. o- o- or something yeah, like one could, five that. Yeah, 105s. You could so
0: probably go close to... The 115s, maybe. Mm.
2: Did you say 7.7? Yeah. Yeah, because the optimum for the 105s is 7.8. Yeah. So they're obviously targeted at a particular projectile weight.
1: Yeah, Yeah. well, I I tell you what, I scratched my head when I saw it was released in 243, and I thought, oh, I wonder why they would do that. And then I thought, well, that's going to depend on barrel twist. And I looked at it, and it it was that. The other thing is uh, the 243. Now, I may have this right or wrong. 243 is in 26-inch. 6.5 6.5 Creed's in 24, and the 308's in 20-inch barrels.
2: Well, that's interesting,
1: isn't it?
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. My, my guess would be the, the 308 version would be, you know, maybe pushing towards law enforcement and that sort of thing where they're probably limited to 308, maybe. Just sure. a thought, I don't really know. but
2: Yeah. W- would the 308, with that, length barrel hit the sort of muzzle velocities you need out to about 1,200? Uh, it's still well,
0: 308 in general is probably struggling to go to those kind of distances certainly True. you wouldn't do it supersonic but um yeah. i mean if it was a a more of a law enforcement aimed, you know sort of oriented system then mm. it would be plenty sufficient for that
2: so yeah it sounds that way
1: yeah very good well i have actually ordered one in 6.5 creed um i know i was talking about doing a 6 mil, but perhaps if these barrels are pretty easy to change over mm. uh, maybe i'll still go down that plan of a 6
0: or possibly creed. have a um shoot off with Greg's uh, six mil,
1: mm. yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, the six That'd by forty seven. Greg, how is that going, mate? Is um, it going pretty well?
2: Yeah, it's We're going. It? It's, it's slow, slow. <laughs> I just need a bit more money. But um, Christmas will drain the, uh, the bank accounts, won't it? Yeah, it has. It's done that very effectively. Nice. But I've got the barrel. It's um, it's a Bartland barrel, um, one in eight. Yep, uh, thirty one inch. I'll cut that down. Um, so that's sitting on the bench, ready to go. I've just got to get a detach detachable bottom metal, um, and you have My next step. You I haven't right. decided on that. No, yeah. I have very little idea when it comes to that particular add-on. So all right. I'm hoping we can talk about that sometime, and because well, I know you guys have a lot of experience there,
1: let's do that next episode then. Well, all,
0: yeah, I mean, there's I think there's a there's a lot of um, lot of options and a lot of you know content for discussion there. So I think. Maybe we'll sort yeah. of look at doing a bit of research and and hit that topic, yeah. So shortly.
1: Yeah. and it'd be good. I think it'd be good to even touch on um, wh- whether you go mag fed, or whether you stay with, or whether you do internal. I, I think it'd be good to to run that whole sort of gambit of options there. Uh, talk about why you would go one way or the other.
2: Yeah, that that'd be really good. And then from there, I, once I've got a bottom metal and mag identified, I'll probably look to um, get the barrel done. After okay. that. Yep. Because I want to know what my overall length is I've got. Is going to it's work be for the Yeah, so yeah, yeah, right. I'm getting close, getting close. Excellent.
1: Yeah. Cool. So have you got a time frame you planned for that to be done or is that going to be dictated a bit?
2: Well, I've got I've got the money it's all about money. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: and time. <laughs>
2: yeah. But at the at the moment I've got the money, just gotta make the decisions on that, that bottom metal and I can sort of go ahead. Has your defiance action rocked up yet? was my what? Oh, did action. <laughs> did you order it for me, did you? <laughs> yeah, I was just waiting for you to transfer. Was that it was deposit. that on your account, I hope? <laughs> <laughs> oh, one
1: well, one day. One day. Yeah, one day. Mate. One day. Yeah, no good. So we're we you're not too far off.
2: Yeah, not too far off, yeah, yeah. So um really? just about getting next step will be um gunsmith availability and who to pick there and mm. um go from there. Good to go, yeah. Terrific.
1: Now we we've been away. Oh Andrew, do you have a comment you wanted to make?
0: No, just I, I'm sort of looking forward to, to getting into that um, sort of investigation on the, the bottom metal issue, Greg, because there's, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff there we can talk about.
2: Yeah, I know when I start to investigate it on the net, you start to get a bit bombarded with what's out there, and so it'll be good to, to push that into an episode if we can. Well, perhaps for next episode,
1: um, anyone listening, if you use a bottom metal of some description that would uh, is available to suit a remington style action let us know what you're using uh, the types of mags you're running and how it's gone for you really interested in your feedback i'm sure greg would really appreciate any advice um sure would. yeah for for what we what he could be running on his setup um so hit us up on facebook or on the website or drop us an email and uh we'll make sure we uh, take on your uh, your feedback and put it to, into the next episode. That'd be really good. So while we've been away and Christmas has happened, um, the guys at Precision Rifle Blog have still been updating their website and have pretty much finished the series of what the pros use. Now, we've missed a bunch of them. I'm, I'm sure over the next few weeks we'll discuss various parts of them. Um, uh, just, but just to give you guys a quick idea, um, you got the barrels one
2: there, Greg? Yes, I have. Yeah, so the the latest article they put out, well, it's not the latest. One of the last three they've put out was on barrels um that were used within the precision rifle um rifle series. And they basically looked at the top one hundred competitors, um and analysed what barrels they were using and basically reported back on all that data. Um now I don't know, Andrew, you wanna just oh. go through some of the the sort of just just before we
1: go into that one, I was going to just make mention of the other the other articles they talked about and see which one you guys reckon we perhaps will talk a bit more in depth about, which are more relevant and which we can sort of chat about. It's worthwhile knowing what's there. So if you if people are l- looking to find out the info, they can go to um, precisionroffleblog.com. dot com. Um, but the other ones that they talked about,
0: yeah, I think. Um there is a there's a couple of those ones on there, Sam. That um, this certainly would probably warrant a, a bit more of a discussion than sort of a brief chat.
1: So, the obviously the barrels one uh, was the, the the last one that we missed, which was after actions. Um, the rifle chassis and stocks. That's probably worth talking about for a while. Um, not tonight, but in yeah. in future episodes. Um, that. Uh, part of that will probably come into play next week when we do talk about the different bottom metals because some of them are integral to that.
0: Yep, absolutely. I think that that particular one would would certainly warrant a, a bit more of a detailed discussion because there's a lot of a yeah, of, of uh, variety and you know everyone will have the different opinion about that. Mm. So that'd be cool. And
1: I know we talked about it um, with oh, I talked about it with Greg uh, in another episode, but to get a bit more in depth, with it would be really worthwhile. Uh, then they talked about the best rifle triggers.
0: Yeah, I think I think the the trigger one is is probably not going to take up as much time. Um, hmm. It's a bit more. I mean, triggers all do the same job. It's just a matter yep. of what you personally like, I guess. So there's same as everything, I guess. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think there's uh, there's going to be a, n- a massive so discussion on that. And same content. with the next topic, which is uh, well, they're listing suppressors and muzzle breaks. So obviously, well, we only get half of that equation. Right. But um, again. It, you Know a muzzle break is, you know, there's only so many variations on a muzzle brake, so I think um, that would warrant some discussion, but probably not a, a full yeah, absolutely. full episode, maybe. So,
1: yeah, cool. Um, the actually, out of interest, um, Greg, are you intending to run a muzzle brake on your six by 47?
2: Yeah, I think I will. Yeah, I think I will purely just from a follow up point of view, sure, um, and maintaining point of aim, like full of Side picture, pretty much. Side picture, yeah. yeah. To to pick yeah. up full shot, I'm I'm running first focal plane scope, so I don't want to miss that. And, yeah, no and Lose that benefit. So
0: cool. The one after that was
1: shooting bags, um, which is all the different rests and bags and options. Um,
0: Again, I, I think we could probably probably cover that as part of a, a bit of a conglomerate episode on some of the more yeah um, general sort yeah. of stuff.
2: Yeah, th- that's an interesting they, one because they are actually yeah. There's a lot of. Um, I guess um, hybrid positions or not non traditional positions that can be addressed with those bags. And and uh, yeah, for me, I found that really interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I end up uh, that same day I was out with Sean from STS. We did a video on using a rear bag, uh, which will go up on the Southern Shooters site in a couple of weeks. Um, and that was, um, yeah, it was interesting talking about it because there's, there's a lot to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the other one that they had done was the. Uh, Top bullets, brass, primers, and powder um, well that's that's probably about a couple of months' worth of
2: episodes yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think there's probably uh, there's good discussion on all those individual items yeah. in that list, so,
2: so yeah. personally, I haven't read that one, but we used that particular article from last year to do our projectile analysis, didn't we? Um I think yeah so you this is some, some of the data version, out so it'd be interesting to see if there's anything worth recrunching yeah, although I've be. committed for my project I'm I'm happy yeah. with that commitment but it would be interesting just to have a look at some of those projectiles and parameters. Yeah
1: absolutely I mean um so so if you are looking for that information, precisionrifleblog.com, if you want to go and read up and, and find some information. I think what we'll probably end up doing next week, uh, or next time we've committed to uh, to Greg for, his, uh, for talking about um, bottom metals and, and feeding systems, um, but perhaps the one after we might talk a little bit about um, stocks, and there'll be one in there about triggers, uh, or there might be one in there where we talk about triggers and bags and, and a little bit of reloading info, um, and then we'll see where we go from there, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. If there's topics people want us to cover, uh, let us know through, once again, those same mechanisms, Facebook and website and email, anything along those lines.
0: I think as, you know, as well, if anybody's got anything they'd sort of want us to maybe clarify a little more or go into more detail on that we've already covered, um, mm. you know, let us know for sure.
1: Absolutely. And if people got contributions, because we always love to hear what people think and their ideas, because mm. um, we're only three blokes in a room. Um, yeah. Yeah, so there's there's plenty of other people with experience that we'd love to hear from, which would be good. Um, speaking three blokes in the room, we, we're hoping Dan uh, arrives in the next uh, episode. Um, he's just uh, not been able to make it, schedules, conflicts, and which is uh, part of the deal. But Dan is definitely still part of the team, and uh, we, we can't wait for you guys to actually meet him. He was here for the first episode, which never made it to where through to uh, some technical complications. So, um, yeah, but I'm sure he will be back
0: soon. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a uh, red hot cane and he's he's got a got a you know perspective that uh, I think would be pretty valuable to yeah. the, to the podcast. Cuz um, he probably
1: sits in a slightly different area than the three of us, which mm. he's going to certainly bring mm. some uh, some some ideas to it, so very good. Now, I, I interrupted you before Greg, I'm sorry. You were you were going to start talking a bit more about barrels,
2: which is I guess the the focus of tonight. Yeah, so I just quickly intro the the article in yep. terms of what it's what it's trying to do, so basically it looks at the data of the top one hundred it it derives all that data into into tables and basically lets people know well what are the top competitors using uh within their rifles so um, to start off with what they 've covered is is what are the most popular brands of barrels being used in the by the top one hundred so the the more accomplished competitors of the uh, precision rifle series in the u s uh the one that came up top was Bartland barrels. Yep. Um, and that was... That's what you've
1: ordered, isn't it? That's what I ordered, actually. Well, you've
2: got... Based on this article. Yeah, so... Right. I,
1: um, Is that the same reason you bought a
2: Defiance Action? Oh, I wish I bought a Defiance Action. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was dreaming... No, I wasn't dreaming. That, that'll um, be the next <laughs> next rifle build. Next Christmas, one day. Yeah. Uh, when I'm single. Um, yeah, so you bar, may become um, single if you buy the Defiance yeah, that, Action. One can follow the other. Yeah, <laughs> the symbiont. <laughs> yeah, um, Barton Barrels. Um, yeah, fourth year in a row up top. Um, so I went I, I with that based on this article. So I, you know, I'm basically following the trend. Now, yep. underneath that, probably the biggest mover and shaker, if you like, is the uh, the Hawk Hill Custom. Um, they've uh, can't
1: sound familiar with that one.
2: No, I've no, never heard of them literally. in my life. Um, but they've gone. They've got thirteen in the top fifty, which is a three hundred and fifty percent increase they've um the top uh, they've got twenty twenty six percent of the top one hundred yeah, using right. their barrels so i don't know their their reputation is obviously lifting um yep. people are starting to recognize the brand and starting to buy so that that that's a big shifter
0: yeah yeah i' I'll, I'll certainly be keen to look into them i i, I would, would imagine they're a fairly new company and um Obviously, they're putting out a top-grade product, and and I think it you know takes a, a few successful guys to use their gear, and then they obviously the demand really picks up. So, yeah, uh, very interested to have a look into yeah. them.
2: And hopefully, their uh, their wait times don't escalate with popularity <laughs> well, as well. Almost see, guaranteed you know. they will, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that yeah. That's part of the deal. Whether it goes berserk or not, is and <laughs> I guess I
0: mean, you know, like with unfortunately here in uh, in Australia, we're we're limited, and and uh, I mean being a probably a smaller company it's going to take a lot longer for them to become available here but um
1: yeah what well, what would be really good cuz we do have quite a large american audience um if any of the, the guys listening run those Hawk hawkill custom yeah Hill custom. custom yeah yeah if you any of you guys are using it we would love to hear from you as to what it how it's going and and if you know more of the origins of the company uh, it'd be awesome to find out
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, well, they're obviously making a very good product. Yeah. If they weren't, they wouldn't be in there, so. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Who else we got there? Greg? Yeah, uh, next one down at 7%, so it's a significant drop down mm-hmm. um, from 26% down to 7 on the on the third place of Benchmark. Now, I haven't heard of Benchmark. You guys heard of Benchmark? Yeah, yep. I have. I yeah. have heard
0: of them. I've never used them, never mm-hmm. had a look at one, but the reputation they've got is very good, so, um, yeah, I mean, I I don't think they're a particularly common barrel here, but. Mm. where they're available, they're, they're being used.
1: One of the, the six mil barrels I was looking for for that Creedmoor was Benchmark, but I just couldn't get it in the profile as after oh, right uh, readily available. So I haven't, haven't ordered anything yet.
2: Well, we'll talk about profiles shortly, actually. Mm. All right. Yep. So next one down, proof research at 6%. Um Yeah. Again, oh, I've not heard of a lot of these. It's like I go all the way down this list and I get to Krieger, and that's about the only one I've heard of. Yeah, you guys might have heard of a few more.
0: Proof Research, I, I've heard of them again. Haven't used them, but as far as I'm aware, they're fairly well renowned for carbon wrapped barrels. Yeah, oh, yeah they've used them before. Different. Yeah. So they're they're using a you know a traditional steel barrel liner, which is pretty much a very thin barrel, if you like, wrapped in in a carbon. Yeah, know carbon fiber of some sort to keep the weight down and, and get your rigidity up so it's an interesting it's not yeah, a it's not a real new concept it has been around for a while um but they're obviously they're doing it well if they've got it to the stage where their barrels are being you know used successfully so yeah
1: i yep. had one carbon fiber barrel and i don't know if it was because of the barrel that was on a pws which is a 22 so it's a very different thing but that just never shot for me
0: yeah, I don't think that's probably so much to do with the carbon bit, itself. It's action? just, I don't know. oh, yeah, and the, the the quality of the steel liner. Really, I mean, sure. it's it's basically effectively a really thin, conventional barrel wrapped in carbon. So if they haven't yep. done that right, then nothing's going to work from there on out. But <laughs> yeah, um, fair enough. Obviously, proof research have have really got the system working. So yeah, well, they're yeah.
1: they're competitive. So
0: I have seen mm-hmm. a few for sale here in Australia, which is interesting. So they're okay. not they're not a cheap barrel, but no, I bet not. You know, they're um, they're sort of something that no one else is offering. So yeah. the
1: idea of the carbon is to keep the weight down we still provide the rigidity of the barrel?
0: Yeah, pretty much. And they, they're renowned for um, cooling quickly. They transfer the heat yeah. quickly. So yep. they they give the rigidity, the lightweight and, and the quick cooling. So mm, It'd be
2: interesting to see what the harmonics do too in, in load testing compared to a, a yeah. more traditional barrel. It'd though. be a very, di- very different yeah.
0: behaviour. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're... Yeah, I having not actually used one, um, it'd be interesting to, to get one on my you yeah, my hands and have a look at it. But uh Yeah. Obviously they're working. They're they're doing a good job. I know there are plenty of other companies doing it, but obviously proof are, um have got the got, got the accuracy edge, maybe. down, maybe. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, okay. Cool. Yep. And next down we've got Brux, so I've heard of Brux. You've heard of Brux. Yeah, the Brux they're available in yeah. Australia, are
0: they? I'm not sure if anybody's importing them, um currently but I would imagine they would be able to be. Um, again, they've got a very good reputation. Um, mm. So, you know, I'm, there'll be guys here using them for sure, but certainly within the States, they're you know, certainly a growing growing name. Yep.
2: Yep. And then we dropped down a bit to 3% uh, for Broughton barrels um, and then also at 3 percent's heart barrels. So have, have you guys, exper- you know, had any experience with those barrels or are that, are they available in Australia?
1: I know Hart is Long Shot Shooting Supplies in Queensland do Hart, as far as I'm aware.
0: Yeah, and I think Broughton have been bought in, sort of on a more individual basis. Okay. Um, I, well, I did did a bit of research, and as far as I'm aware, Broughton barrels are a button rifle barrel, which is mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into this a little bit later. But yep. um, um, and Hart are too. And what I did notice in a bit of research I did is is Hart barrels feature significantly more prominently in bench, rest, the short range benchrest. Uh they're they're really quite common in that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's sort of the yeah, just a little sort of thing I noticed that the hmm. the equipment being used by those guys is somewhat different from the the PRS guys, but they're all uh, obviously requiring maximum accuracy, so hmm. Hmm.
2: And then well down the list at two percent, you know, again a bit of a surprise, but it was there last year's Krieger. So Krieger's sort of dropping away um, you know, I don't know whether that's just to do... It. We know they're a good performing barrel. It's probably more to do with availability, you think?
1: Yeah, maybe, because they, mm. they've got quite long lead times on them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would imagine that's probably a fairly big part to do with it. Yeah, because if th-
2: these, these guys are practicing a lot... Yes. Yeah, I think a lot of these
0: yeah. PRS competitors, they they will burn through barrels yeah. quickly. Um, Quicker than so they can get them in. Yeah, probably. You know, if they've got to wait six or nine or ten months for a barrel, then it's probably too long.
1: Is that another factor in, in looking at this data is that perhaps a number of these guys are sponsored with things like barrels. Is that going to skew you these numbers as to what's actually... I mean, obviously, if they're going to be using them, they're probably good. But if they're going to be getting them for a discounted rate or free or anything like that, um, does that skew our numbers a little bit?
2: It might. It could well do. Yeah. It's, yeah. A valid, it's a valid
1: point. I, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm speculating. I, I would, I
0: would uh, sort of... You know, you, you mentioned there that they're probably good. I would say anything in this list is is top grade. Um, sure, yeah. I think there's a lot of things that it's probably, you know, the top level competitors could be using any number of these products, and they would still be getting those results. So, I think it's a, a bit of it comes down to availability and obviously, you know, personal choice. They might have a have a relationship with that company, but yeah, it's without knowing that information, it's a bit hard yeah. to say that. Of but, course, absolutely. Um,
1: and and perhaps some of these companies have have um, targeted the um, the precision rifle type market more. Th- you said that Heart are quite popular, and I know Krieger in Australia very popular with um, the the benchrest type series. Mm. Um, yeah. and, and does that do they go after a particular market more so, and spend the time after that?
0: So, I'd, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. I mean, some of these, you know, the the more unknown manufacturers, um, you know, the precision rifle series is. Is pretty big
1: and pretty new. Yeah, yeah. I well. mean,
0: you look at the the volume of um, potential customers in particularly the US. I mean, yeah, you'd be crazy not to to target that market. And mm. so they've got a product that's good, and why wouldn't you go after mm. it? And, and so mm. there may well be commercial arrangements, but they're obviously a you know, good product. Yeah, yeah. some of the yeah. no
2: doubt some of the twist rates that they're putting out now too are, are right on the optimum for one hundred and five grain and right on the optimum for one hundred and forty grain and six point five. So. Mm. Are starting to really target their twist rates on those optimums
0: well, they're targeting I think the the projectiles that are out now that you know mm. we we spoke about that earlier um in an earlier episode about your projectile selection you know, these projectiles are available, so if you can bring out a barrel that will be absolutely optimal for them mm. you' you're more likely to get your business of the, the end user so yeah. yeah
1: yeah, but it's it's funny because adventurous they run six mils. Uh, commonly as well, but they run a very different twist rate because they're running a very different projectile. So obviously, the guys are going to be marketing for the different, yeah, different t- types of uh, very different Tasks task yeah. specific. Yeah, yeah. Mm. so that's that doesn't necessarily uh, mean mean that they're. Uh, Better or worse, though, they're certainly obviously all very good quality barrels. Mm. So you mentioned before, Andrew, there's two or probably actually three types of different manufacturing processes for the barrels. I know we've mentioned this before in podcasts, but probably not a bad topic to cover again.
0: Yeah, I guess the, the two main types of barrel that we're going to you know find, I guess, will be uh, cut-rifled and button-rifled. Mm-hmm. The main difference is uh, button-rifled use a a carbide, usually a carbide button, it's either pushed or pulled through the barrel to cut and for or to form the rifling. Yep. Um, whereas cut rifled uses a, a cutting head which actually cuts each groove at a time, and it only take very very small cuts. Um, so two different manufacturing methods to to produce a barrel. Um, and the majority, of, from from what I've looked at the the list on the the P.R.S. Um, equipment, the yep. majority of them are cut rifled. Right. but there are some button rifled in there. So I, I think that um, it's one of those sort of pieces of equipment that if it's made well, it doesn't really matter. So
1: there's not a huge advantage. Is cut rifling easier? Is that why we see more people go towards that or more manufacturers go towards that?
0: Probably not, actually. It's probably a harder process. It's a longer process uh, yep. to produce the barrel. It's certainly more intensive as far as, you know, they take many, many passes through a cutting tool to, to produce that barrel. Okay. Um, I guess some of the advantages of, of that system are they can basically, uh, alter the, the, the pitch or the, you know, the, uh, the rifling to suit whatever they want. It's, it's not set by a tool. They can, if they want to make a, a one in 8.25 twist, they can do that. Um, or if they okay. want to make, yep. yeah, it's a lot more variable.
1: Whereas the button that's decided by the tool head, by the
0: button itself. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it's there is is reputed to be a a longer lasting barrel like a longer barrel life when you're cut rifling yes. um, I'm not really sure why that is, but certainly Krieger barrels are renowned for being a long life barrel and they're a cut yeah. rifle. yes they are yeah um so i I don't really I haven't heard it explain why that would be the case, mm. but it's it seems to be but I haven't noticed it personally
1: interesting. yeah interesting to find out mm. uh, if that's mm. the case uh, so who who's it's not 50-50 cut and button. It seems to be more cut.
0: It seems to be more cut, um, but I I, would think that's probably due to the fact that uh, people can get the twist rates they want with a cut-rifled barrel. Yeah, easier. Uh, and I yeah. think a lot of the uh, button-rifled manufacturers don't necessarily offer that real optimal twist rate. So, hmm. you know, if you, if you had a, a barrel that was, or a projectile that you were going to run and you needed a 1-in-7.75, you can get that yeah uh, okay. with a, with a cut rifle barrel easily easy. certainly a lot easier than a, a button rifled system mm. yeah
1: yeah very good um and the other the third option is the is a hammer forged barrel which um is a f- interesting enough what the ruger precision rifle is going to be running now they're generally done that way because it's cheaper or quicker
0: both um yeah it's it's a quicker manufacturing method um so obviously it's faster it's cheaper to do yep um you don't normally see uh, hammer-forged barrels in, in your match-grade barrels. No, uh, not normally. They normally produce a very smooth barrel, so they're not going to foul a lot. But I think you know dimensional accuracy is probably not as good as some of the other methods. However, yeah, as you said, uh, Ruger have used it on their precision rifle, and results are, are good so far.
1: Well, I guess that they've had to keep the price down some way, haven't they? So, So that's certainly an aspect of it. But if the results are doing... Well, they're they're not seeing those really high end, uh, top precision results from them, but they're certainly doing getting the job done.
0: Well, that's right. I mean, I sort of read some reviews where the where guys are getting you know around the half MOA mark out yep. of these factory guns. Now, I think we touched on it on a previous podcast about the difference between a you know sort of a a quarter MOA gun and a half MOA gun it, in practical terms. Yeah, it's not a, a huge factor.
1: There's, there's other factors that are way more important.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there are other companies that do it. Yeah, Lithgo, I believe, are using that method.
1: Yeah, I reckon on the new, uh, on, they have on their rim fires and they traditionally have, and so I expect them to be using that on their their centerfires. And I, I'd be interested to see how those Lithgos go, and particularly in this longer range market, because they're an excellent gun. They're, they certainly seem to be. Twenty twos perform very well.
0: Yeah, well, I would imagine the centerfiers should do well too, and mm. um, I mean, there's other companies that do it as well, like Steyr is a is a company that I believe Hammer yep. forges all their barrels, uh, and some of their rifles are really top grade. So
1: yeah, they do work very well, yeah, shoot mm. very well. Mm. So yeah, obviously, cutting and button is the uh, the primary sort of. Preferred options, but... um, It, it's,
0: it seems to be that the, the majority of barrel manufacturers that sell barrels as component items... Do it that uh, way. It, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, a lot of... I don't think a lot, but a number of manufacturers that manufacture firearms do it, do it. but they don't offer their barrels as component items for sale, so...
2: Mm. Mm. Yeah,
1: okay. Uh, and I've got... I've um, Your experience, I guess, we'll see, but I've got button and cut barrels and I... Honestly, couldn't really tell the difference um, in terms of how they performed. I couldn't wouldn't know if I didn't didn't know already.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those things that you know to say determine barrel life one over the other. You'd need to perform a really controlled test. Uh, there's so many other factors: the different powders, different primers, mm. how hot you're running your loads the, determines that, your barrel life more than expensive.
1: Mm. I mean, the only person could afford that test like that's probably Greg really.
0: Yeah, easily. <laughs> so you're going to give us the results <laughs> next week, Greg? yep
2: Yep.
1: Um, so we've uh, that's the different jobs of manufacturing, and we've we've talked already about twist rates. I know we we covered a fair bit of that in another episode. The other one you've got there, Greg, is the profiles.
2: Yeah. So, Rusty, the other part of the 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 article is that they've got all the profiles from the top 100 mm-hmm. of the the actual profile of the barrels and and. Um, listed them in popularity order, basically, and also overlaid what positions they finished in. So it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, that, you know, the top three predominant profiles are Heavy Palmer, uh, Remington Varmint, and Medium Palmer. Uh, what tends to sort of dominate the, the competition? Um, and, yeah. You know... I, I don't know, Andrew, whether you've had experience with the heavy Palmer profile and what you think might be the reasoning behind them leaning towards Palmer over a more probably traditional varmint.
0: Well, I, I think it's there's probably a number of reasons that the Palmer contours generally have a bit more weight, a bit more sort of mass around the the chamber end than a standard Rem varmint, for example. Um, so obviously, it's going to heat up slower than a you know the lighter contoured Remington varmint. Having said that, to me, what was, I guess, interesting from these results is there wasn't a lot of really heavy barrels in there. Um, which, in comparison to, say, you know, F class, where they do have weight limits, but they're, they're sort of reasonably high weight limits, and uh, you know, bench rest shooting, where they want to have as much weight as they can in the barrel, the, the PRS competitors are generally using a lot lighter contours. So, you know, they've got to move with their guns. So, mm-hmm. I think, um, the, the actual contours that are being used is probably not a massively influential uh, factor, Yeah. but it is interesting to see that it's really it's it's not limited to, but the majority of competitors are using a fairly similar weight barrel.
2: Yeah, and it, and although like as 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 you say, this probably not going to influence accuracy all that much, but it may influence the balance of the gun in terms of having weight further rearward towards the action. Balance their rifle for easier manipulation as they change positions and all this sort of thing. Uh, do you think that comes into play with it?
0: Probably more so in you know for a PRS competitor than you know a bench rest or an F class or some of the other traditional target shooting disciplines. I I think um, you know if you if the actual balance of your rifle is not a a real concern. Say for a, an F class shooter who who will have a front and rear rest, so they're not actually you know balancing the rifle at all. It's not really a concern for them. They'll they'll have as much weight as they can in the barrel, which would mean quite a, a forward heavy rifle. Whereas uh, for this more sort of dynamic form of of shooting, it's not going to be practical if you're going to be in an uncomfortable, unbalanced position. You want as much, probably I would say, you know, over the sort of the front of the receiver is where you want the balance point. Now, if you've got a heavy, really heavy profile barrel, it's going to put you really front heavy. So. Yeah, there's, that would be a a big concern for these guys, I think.
2: There's definitely no truck axles in this uh, profile list. That's for sure. No, well, that's the the nature of the sport, isn't
1: it? Is your your um, dynamic? You're moving between positions. You you need a gun that is um, you need it to be weighty and heavy for you know to get the the best performance out of out of the cartridges that you can. But you also need to be able to climb through tubes or get into barricades or, or be moving between shots even. Um, and you don't you you want that compromise, and that's interesting to see those all those barrel profiles you mentioned are ah, that compromise, aren't they? They're, yeah, they're not, that's
2: it. And That's what we've talked about a lot in the past um, mm. podcasts is about understanding your end use. You know how you're going to apply. You know wh- when you have your project and when you build a project rifle, that you understand the task you're going to use it for and make decisions around that task. Yeah, yeah. the application's
1: everything. Yeah. See, I, th-
0: I think a lot of these. Uh, the, the PRS style competitions, they're not firing really long strings of shots. So they don't need a, a hugely weighty barrel to sort of keep the you know the thermal stability of, of a big heavy barrel. Then you know that's not the, the one of the main prerequisites and, and concerns I guess hmm, that some right. other disciplines have. So you know, it's a compromise of having a rifle that's maneuverable and yet having a barrel that's uh, stable enough and rigid enough to give it the accuracy level they want.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, as far as I'm aware, and you guys are happy to correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's a weight limit on rifles in the PRS. I certainly know the comp we're putting together with Southern Shooters, there's no not going to be any weight limits. It's going to be limited by your own decision of what can you be bothered to lug around because you're going to be running with it, moving with it, and, and manipulating position several times. Whereas a no. Bench class, F class, uh, bench class, bench rest, F class, that sort of stuff. There is weight limits.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not aware of any weight limit for for the PRS um, competition. Um, I think it's pretty much you carry it. Yeah. If you can carry it, you got to you got to carry everything with you. So
1: mm. that fit. That'll. Uh, I mean, you're not you're not going for a 20k walk, but you're you're certainly moving, and you want it. You don't want it to hinder you. The weight of the gun.
2: Mm. And I think that'll be interesting. You know, with the with the Southern Shoes Invitational, as people show up each year and mm. they experience the scenarios, how they how their gear will develop over the years. And I I, I know we've talked offline about you're going to collect data in a similar way to the P R S series. And yeah, we may as well. Yeah, yeah. and it, it 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 will be interesting as time time unfolds.
1: Yeah, and and you've you've seen that in the P R S and. You know, originally, I guess a lot of guys start out with thirty cows and perhaps heavier guns, and realise that that's not perhaps ideal. And I, I'm seeing what guys are going to be bringing to this comp, and I'm seeing the same sort of thing. Guys are you know, running three hundred wind mags and bigger stuff, and and perhaps thinking about it. Maybe it's not not mm. perfect for it. It'll work, no doubt, but it's perhaps not perfect.
0: But I think uh, you know it's an evolutionary sort of. Thing mm-hmm. with a with a particular type of competition that you know you look for for benchrest shooting for example short range benchrest shooting, it's been around for a long time and, and the they've equipment got, and the cartridges are very much uh, almost identical what people use.
1: But they've changed so much over the years as well.
0: They have, but they've gotten to the stage where the, the rifle configurations are ideal for that style of competition. Now, yeah, I think you know the PRS or well, with you know in the United States has. has rapidly evolve to the degree where now we've got Hmm. very different configurations than we did five years ago, for example. Very much. And I think, yeah, we will probably see that repeat itself here.
1: Well, Um, now, you know, when we talked about the cartridges used, we were talking hmm. 6 or 6.5, and that was really the only things you talked about, whereas go back a number of years, it it was Hmm. not that
0: situation. Well, and, yeah, more I think it'll be quite telling in that uh, a lot of the the courses which uh, Southern shooters have run in long-range... Shooting hmm. vastly outnumber anything of the thirty cows. Three hundred eight, three hundred it seems to be the ones that really.
1: Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I mean that we we we're slightly off topic of barrel profiles, but I think you you're right. but I also think that a lot of people, when they start their um, longer range and precision rifle shooting stuff, they've often got a three hundred eight or a three hundred winmag They're great cartridges mm-hmm. to start on, um, and then I guess as you get to know it better, you decide on your application more. And and then you, you head down towards your application because a lot of these guys will be coming from a hunting background where a 30 cal is, is actually really good because of what it will do downrange. Mm.
2: Mm. Mm. Terminal performance, yep. Mm. You got anything left in the article there, Greg, that yeah. we can... Uh, yeah, look, one thing we probably should touch on before we leave this one alone is is rifle barrel lengths. Now, predominantly, um, you know, the the, the predominant, Rifle barrel length is 26-inch uh, that was used in the PRS series, and, and that seems to be the optimum that uh, has come out. But there are barrel lengths ranging from 20-inch uh, all the way through to 28-inch that all placed quite well. Um, yep. So... Is there a breakdown there of, of which cartridges use which barrel length? Yes. And they, there is. They, they go to that length, which is... Is yeah, interesting. That's they mm. they break down those those predominant calibers of the six six and a half Creedmoor, the six and six and a half by forty seven, two sixty, six XC, uh the nine mil uh sorry, six mil no. dasher. <laughs> oh, nine mil. Nine mil, that's uh, an <laughs> interesting choice. That's, that's an impress impressive <laughs> shooting. Um <laughs> six mil super LR. And then it breaks down to, you know, what lengths were used within those calibers. So, mm-hmm. that that's even interesting in itself. There's a bit of a spread between each each calibre. Um, you know, like, let's just look at 6.5 by 47. Yep. Predominantly, it was it was 26-inch uh, used, but there was also 27-inch, so longer, and there was also barrels right down to 22-inch. Mm-hmm. So, it's just interesting, you know, it makes me think, you know, why did the what's the rationale behind each of these barrel cho- barrel length choices in terms of are they hitting their muzzle velocities that they're looking for and all those sorts of things? Um, yeah,
0: I, I think, Greg, it's, it's interesting to see. I mean, with certain calibers, uh, well, yeah, bore sizes and cartridge sizes, there's there's a barrel length that will give you optimal performance. I mean, you can run a, a shorter barrel and get very good accuracy, but you, you will lose out a little bit of velocity. So I think some of these cartridges now the the competitors have uh I guess perfected the, the system enough now they know, you know, to get optimal performance you can get, you know go to evidently a twenty six inch barrel and you, you will get more. If you went to a thirty inch barrel you will get a little bit more. But it's always a, a, a give compromise. and take. Yeah, yeah, you know, you you lose out in maneuverability and rigidity, so Quite. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I think it's again, you know, a good shooter, a really good shooter. Will still shoot well with a shorter barrel, but you know a little bit less velocity, so they get not as good ballistics, and so they got to be a bit more spot on with their their wind and and everything like that. So, yeah, it's it's obviously these guys have have found that that barrel length is uh, for these particular cartridges. Now, if you were to go with something a, a lot bigger capacity, for example, you that would change, but um, it's it's working.
2: Yep. Hmm. So yeah. Um Yeah, no, it's just interesting how they've broken that down by calibre, just to look at those muzzle velocity. you know, those those trade-offs that they're looking at. And then in the article, the only other item that um, they cover off is just what the top shooter for the whole series actually shot, and that was a 26-inch barrel. Uh, It was a Hawk Hill custom barrel in a Remington varmint in 6 x forty seven. It just happens to be a lot of the choices I made, except for <laughs> except for that oh, I got a Bartlin, but Yep. Yeah. So yeah, now the top shooter. Um, yeah, that's what he was using. Yeah. So and that's, I guess, that's interesting to know, but only a yeah. representation of what what yeah, happens, isn't probably, it? Probably all comes down to more his skill level than than you know whether he chose this barrel or that barrel. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Mm.
0: I think yeah, the shooter's individual uh, ability is probably by far and away the biggest factor.
1: Yeah, mm. uh, and, and a lot of these guys are using gear that's all very, very similar. So mm. yeah, comes down to that, and probably a bit of a lot of practice. Yeah, definitely lots. Very good. Mm. Well, um, hopefully we've uh, covered off on a couple of questions regarding barrels, um, and I'm sure there's plenty more. And it'd be good to uh, good to speak to someone one day on, on one of our interviews about uh, a barrel manufacturer and that sort of thing. Um, you guys got any other thoughts to share?
0: Um probably probably not I mean, I think we've covered the sort of the the basics of it. I mean, there's a lot more we can go into on mm. on types of rifling and things like that, but you know, that's probably more for for another discussion, sure, um because I don't believe the um precision rifle blog goes into types of rifling, it just lists barrel manufacturers and twist rates and things like that, yeah, so yeah, there's a lot. When we talk about barrels, there's a really lot we can talk about. Yeah, yeah um,
2: absolutely.
1: Yeah, but um, but I, I know you said before, Andrew, I don't remember if it was during the recording or not, um, but you talked about all these barrels realistically are probably all on the same or in a similar level that if one guy had one barrel and the other guy had the other barrel, that's not necessarily going to be the absolute deciding factor.
0: Mm. No, not at all. I mean, you, you could take 10 different barrel manufacturers premiums with, Premium the, with a say. barrel yeah, yeah you know a barrel capable of, of quarter minute or less mm-hmm. accuracy and you put that into the hands of of 10 shooters of varying levels of ability and you'll get the results that indicate their ability not the barrel's ability so
1: mm. yeah i think that's probably very true excellent well Obviously, uh, as we talked, in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about your um, bottom metal. So uh, anyone listening, please let us know about that. We have a few other interesting interviews coming up. So hopefully you've enjoyed our interview series and we'll continue with that with guys within the industry um, and keep expanding that as we go along. Um, Thanks to all the people listening along and thank you for your feedback. And um, we'll look forward to doing more of these. It's been good fun. Thanks for coming in, guys.
0: No problem at all. No worries.
1: And uh, we'll catch you guys next time.
0: Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by Projectile Warehouse. Find your perfect projectile.